Get ready for another edition of CSB Broadcast, where Community State Bank links you to the communities of Southeastern Wisconsin and keeps you connected to the people, businesses, and events happening near you. Hello, everybody. I'm Scott Beautiful with Community State Bank. I'm president and CEO, and um, thanks for joining us on this webinar. Hopefully, you'll get some useful information on, uh, on building a house today. The first and most important thing that I have to say is that we are FDIC insured and we are an equal housing lender. So I'm sure people were waiting for that to uh, to come up. And also um, on the chat, you can chat at any time and you can ask questions. We will be answering uh, those questions probably at the end of it for sure. Um, but if you have any questions, feel free to uh, to join us in the in the chat and we will uh, we'll answer those. So today I have two guests with me. Um, first, Chris Bauer, who's a managing member of Bauer Design and Construction. Welcome, Chris, and tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, thank you guys for having me. We appreciate it. Um, you mentioned my name is Chris Bauer. I'm one of the managing members of Bauer Design and Construction. We're a local uh, family-owned company right here in Union Grove. Um, my dad started the business back in 1991, and uh, my brothers and I um, partnered up with him back in 2010 as owners. And uh, We've been building homes and projects here in southeastern Wisconsin for over, you know, 30 plus years, um, and we really enjoy it. Uh, my wife always um, gives me the business sometimes as I'm driving down the road. I go, oh, "Yeah, we built that, and we built that." She goes, "I know. You told me at a hundred times." <laughs> we really do uh, appreciate the opportunity we have to be involved with so many uh, various projects in this area, and um, just I'm really glad that we can. Uh, Help people achieve their goals and their dreams of building things. So great. We also have Mike Foey. Mike is um, runs our mortgage department here at the Community State Bank. Have you ever made a construction loan before, Mike? <laughs> I've been doing this a little over thirty years, maybe thirty-five. And I've, I don't know. I've done hundreds of construction loans, and it's obviously not obviously, but for me, it's one of the more fun things that I do. It's fun to see projects come to life. Mm -hmm. Great. Well, welcome both of you. Thanks for uh, thanks for joining us today. Awesome. Thanks for having us. You bet. So, first question I'm going to ask is, you know, building a house instead of just buying a home. You know, we've had it's been it's been a wild ride. I mean, we have inflation that kind of went out of control. Not kind of did go out of control. Supply chain problems. Um, why should somebody consider building a house instead of buying one? I'll ask you that, Chris. Um, yeah, I mean, I think there's multiple facets of it. Um, if you want to use the analogy of like, you know, buying a new car versus a, you know, old car, right? Mm -hmm. Um, you can, you can buy an older car and save some money. Um, but you're going to inherit some of the things that, you know, the car has mileages and things like that. You may not have everything you want in the car. The radio might still have an eight track in it. It might have a, you know, a CD player and you might not have all the new technology. I might have dated myself. Yeah, I, wasn't, yeah. I wasn't even around during yeah. a track. So I just, I went, was, I went, I went yeah. all the way to that level. But, yeah. but you know, so um, existing homes, you know, don't, does not have all the things that new homes have. So mm -hmm. um, there definitely is a market for people to buy existing homes. But um, when you build a new home, you know, you have all the new bells and whistles, the technology that's out there, the smart home technology that we have. Um, so there, there's positive and negatives to, each yep. um so not everybody's set up to build a new home and not everybody's um wants to just buy an existing mm -hmm, home mm -hmm. um and and have to remodel it to meet their needs so you can customize a new home um to meet your needs um so 
that's probably the starting point mm -hmm. for most um, people that we come in contact with. Um, do they want to buy an existing home in that say three to four hundred thousand dollar range, or do they want to you know take the next step to build a, a new home? Um, one benefit of an existing home is the time frame, right? So if you you know put an offer on a house, usually you can move in in a month, month and a half. If mm -hmm. you uh, build a new home, it's going to take a little bit longer. So sure. Then one of the other things we found out in this last one we did about just buying homes is the there's still a lack of inventory on existing homes. So that's um, that seems to be a problem, maybe not quite as big of a problem as it was a couple of years ago, but it still seems to be a problem. So uh, so not only do you not have a lot to choose from, I mean, it's um, uh, it's tough to find them and it's just tough to find kind of what you're looking for. So and really, what is that value? Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you know, when you buy a new home, you're getting all brand new things or when you build a new home, yep. you're getting all new things. You're not inheriting anything. And you have more and more comfort knowing that maybe, although building materials may be a little bit more expensive, you still have that comfort knowing that it's all new. Mm -hmm. um, if you buy an existing home sometimes, and and there's definitely a market for that, but what's the value? You know, is mm -hmm. it is it an inflated value? Is you know what's the age of your equipment that's in there? The age of your roof, your siding, your windows, mm -hmm. things of that nature, and it's uh, you know understanding that that correlation between value is sure. is difficult in this this market. Sure. Oh, that's that's a big challenge. Move-in ready turnkey is not easy to find. I mean, mm -hmm. not everybody can afford to go build a new house, but an existing one, move-in ready is tough. Mm -hmm. A lot of them need work. Cool. How about the supply chain? I mean, for a long time, that was a serious, serious problem. Just trying to get the the product to put in it. Is that has that loosened up? Um, certain things. Mm -hmm. um, I, 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 the old adage we use at the office right now, nothing surprises me anymore mm -hmm. um, because it kind of comes and goes. It first started with building materials in the sense of lumber and plywood and those things. It just the cost of them and ability to get them and you know trusses. They moved down to windows and doors that moved down to garage doors. Um, recently, we've had some issues with concrete with specifically uh, Portland cement getting, you know, the actual mm. components to produce concrete. Um, so we, we've had to navigate through that. Um, our business um, has taken the approach to do a lot more pre-planning in our construction so that we're not, um, it used to be, hey, you're ready to start digging. You order the windows that day, you know, and, yeah. and when you need them, they'll be ready to go. Now we have to order windows um, two to three months in advance to mm -hmm. be, you know, ready for them when we need them. So we've had to take our planning and, you know, kind of put it on steroids to really see what materials are taking longer to get. Mm -hmm and and prepare for that so okay. um that's probably been the biggest challenge in our business um and taking a typical home con i mean um to use an analogy we used to start our parade houses in april and have them ready by september yeah. we start our parade houses now in october okay. have them ready by september so um and and that's positive and negative mm -hmm. thing you know um so um, so there's a lot more focus on what you're getting and it's not and you're, and you're spending some more time doing that, but it's also going to take a little bit longer to get to, to move in. All right. So I've decided to build a house. I need to get the money to do it. Mike, talk us through kind of the process that you go through. For the loan itself, um, we'll start with that. Um, construction loans are set up for a 12 month building time frame where it's interest only on the money that you use. So at first you won't have much of an invoice at all. 
and that'll grow throughout the process. So the more money you write checks for, correct, the, the, the higher the interest cost will be. Correct, and 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 the draws, you know, you don't actually write a check per se. Yeah. The builder will present a draw to the customer. The customer will approve it. Title company inspects it, and we disperse it. So there's safety. There's stop caps along the way to make sure everything is done right. Lien waivers are collected, that type of thing. And then the invoices are based off of interest earned on the money used. And we at the Community State Bank issue our construction loans at a discounted interest rate, you know, for a variety of reasons. But from the consumer's perspective, one, their cost during the construction process is pretty cheap because they got to live somewhere. They mm -hmm. probably still live in their current house or they're renting, so they've got to pay rent or a mortgage plus this, and it helps keep it all affordable. Mm -hmm. And of course, we hope to get the end loan when <laughs> uh, when that's all completed. So uh, we make but, it worth everybody's while to do that. Mm -hmm. Yep. So is it is it is it a hard process? No, not at all. I mean, honestly, it's it's more a matter of making sure you've got your project well organized, and we'll talk about that. And then uh, we get an appraisal done based on completed value when it's done. What is this worth and when it's done on the site? And then we work off of that. Who should you talk to first, the builder or the the, the lender? Well, you should start with the lender um, so that you can get your affordability. And, and you know, most people that come in to pre-qualify for a construction loan, they actually qualify for a lot more than they really want to spend. Mm -hmm. They need to know what their budget is, their happy number as far as monthly payment, and kind of back into what their budget should look like. And they can take that then to the builder. Yeah. And you can get your rose colored glasses on and want everything and realize, wait a minute, that's way too much. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you gotta go in with your eyes open. All right. <clears throat> um, it's time, I've, I've talked to, to Mike, We've pre-qualified, we know we can get the loan. How do you, how do you, uh, what's, what's important to, to look for in a, uh, in a builder, Chris? Um, well, when I would, uh, do your, um, you know, your due diligence, you know, as far as I went, just go to one, um, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of our business comes from referrals. So most, um, our clients have had a brother or sister or a family member that built with us. So, um, but really um, spend some time with the builder. We're not all created equal. Um, we all have different strengths and weaknesses. Um, you, there are certain builders that are strictly custom, and I would say we, we fall in that custom realm. Mm -hmm. um, there's more um, builders out there that, I, for lack of a better, used to be the term track home builders, but I would call them model, model home builders where sure. they have a model based and you go take a look at their model, and if you like what you see there with some tweaks, they can replicate that home for you. Um, so that's kind of two avenues that you kind of want to start with. Is Are you in that category or are you in the other category? Um, and then once you decided that's one of those categories, I would sit down with two to three builders, and just sit down and talk with them. You don't need to have a floor plan yet. You don't need to have, um, yeah, I mean, it's nice. And I appreciate you mentioning about the budget. Um, because we need, not that we want to go spend everybody's money, but we also don't want to start a relationship with it having a $200,000 budget 
and it's a $600,000 home. Sure. We don't want to spend that time and effort and have our clients have that effort being mm-hmm. exhausted on their uh, end as well and come to find out that's not that's not in the cards for them. So understanding what their budget is, because that helps us to, um, determine square footage and things like that. But once you have that, then sit down with the builder and just talk with them about things because I look at building as more than just the product we produce, but it's the process to get there that is important because it takes a lot of communication and discussions um, to make sure what you want is what you get on the back end and then how you navigate through situations that may come up through it. So the process to me is just as important as the end product. The end product obviously you live with for 30 years, but you can have a beautiful home that's everything you ever wanted and if you have a bad process in the in the in the stretch of getting there mm-hmm. it's it's something that doesn't fit well with you you know in the future you talked about like a custom home or more of a track home what's the difference so really a custom home would be you come for instance if i'll use bollard and construction as an example you come to us and say hey I like the I like the layout of this kitchen here. I like the way the master bedroom looks here. Kind of like the way these two bedrooms sit up on this plan. And then I like the outside to look like this. Mm-hmm. So we take that and we transform that into um, your own personal design. Okay. Uh, what track home I think is a you know not a, a fair term for I'd call model home builders sure. where you know, certain builders have three or four models that mm-hmm. you can go see, yep. you can walk through, you can see the flow of it, and they'll have those floor plans and they can tell you, um, hey, uh, this home with these fix- with these amenities is this price. We can tweak it a little bit for you, but you can't mm-hmm. really get outside the box too much on this because it'll start sure. to redesign the plan and change the plan and change the cost. So um, from an economic standpoint on a bidding standpoint, the model home version is probably a quicker mm-hmm. um, process because those costs are that that house has been replicated before. Okay. Uh, custom home builder is going to build something that's customized to their needs mm-hmm. and their home, which probably will never be repeated in the future. It'll be okay. specific to their needs and wants. Okay. So if somebody finds like a, a floor plan they like and they bring it in that you would customize it to yep. that yeah yeah so they'll look online i mean there's there's a lot of um opportunities online to you know find different plan designs different things and, and i always well i shouldn't i uh, us as a company look at from the outside looking in right so we're going to look at the big picture first we always look at everything from a macro level and then we dive into the the into the minor the the finer details of the project so you know, how many bedrooms are you looking for? How many bathrooms do you need? Mm-hmm. How many garage spaces do you need? How big is your kitchen? You know, what do you do in your kitchen? Um, and then also too, a lot of custom home building um, gets done west of the interstate or in what I would consider west of you know, more rural areas where you have larger uh, pieces of land where you're not um, required to meet certain subdivision requirements mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. Uh, covenances of, you know, um, HOAs and things like that. So, um, so, so we we have to start to take all of those things in consideration, um, and not just be a facilitator of your build, but to be an advocate for you to understand how you're looking at things. Put that on a piece of paper, mm-hmm. get specifications and selections made to produce that in the real world. For you. Is it appropriate to ask a builder to look at some of their finished product? I would 100% ask that. Okay. Um, 
if you can't, I mean, so like for in our instance, because we don't have like a model home that you can go see, we'll give you the either people that we're currently building with or people that are already living in their homes and they nine times out of 10 have no problem having um, them walk through something that they've built. Quite honestly, I think they get excited to show it off. Mm -hmm. so, sure, mm -hmm. sure. That's a good way to do it. Mm -hmm. Cool. All right. Um, can I buy can I buy a lot and build at the same time or do I need to own the land, Mike? Uh, that you can do either one. I mean a lot of a lot of projects are done where it's a lot home package, which is perfectly it works really well. Mm -hmm. You typically wind up with that proprietary builder, but you wouldn't have to. Um, or people have vacant land. Mm -hmm. And they can go into, you know, they've got vacant land. They bought it a year, five, ten years ago, inherited it, however they got it. That also brings value into the project. So they sometimes have, don't have to put any money down, which is helpful. But either way, uh, it, it actually, if we can coordinate the lot purchase and the construction loan, whether it's a private sale lot and a private builder, easy peasy. That's mm -hmm. the best way to do it. Okay. Doing it separate transactions is unnecessary if we can coordinate the timing. Sure, sure. Okay. All right. What what should we look for, or what should our our people viewing this today look for in a builder? What's important? Um, I would say. Well, I think the first there's all different types of buildings out there, right? Mm -hmm. So you, you can see styles of builders based off the projects they've completed. You have that would be people that would build more of a you know executive type home or a craftsman style home or you know barnuminiums is kind of one of these what's a barnuminium new styles of building so really it's becoming a hybrid of a post frame building so mm -hmm. like a metal building that you'd see you know the county here where people use it for you know recreational storage and you know extra storage for toys and things like that or campers and really morphing that into taking that structure and attaching the home right to it mm. um, and making it a barn door or a barn dominium mm -hmm. or, a, you know, something along those lines. So it's kind of a catchy word, but really what it's become, and I think we were kind of talking about this earlier, was the garage is bigger than the house. Yep, <laughs> so yep. the garage can be, you know, 4,000 square feet and the house attached to it's 2,200 square feet. And there's a lot of different things that we can do it. And, you know, like if you use, for example, somebody that's building a, a let's call it a conventionally framed home, and then they want to put up a big, you know, pole barn. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of costs associated with that when you separate the two. Sure. But if you can incorporate the design to both levels, mm -hmm. it's kind of a win-win. Yep. You do those, right? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I and I will say that um, we've partnered with Community State Bank on a couple of these projects because when you use the term barn door or barn dominium, yep. people go, what is that? Yeah, that yeah. New thing scare <laughs> bankers. Some boring term five years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Everything scares bankers. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> um, but it's been really a really neat way to um, kind of package everything and not make it just look like a tin box. Mm -hmm. I think it really got its its life, you know, down south where uh, yeah. they take steel structures and just sure. kind of take one square box and turn it into partial living space. The other part of it was storage space. Up here, we've kind of taken that to the next level where we've, they're not just boxes, they have covered porches, they have, you know, outdoor living space, they have, you know, mm -hmm. sky's the limit. Yeah. Um, and we can we can cover a lot of square footage uh, a little bit more economically. And we always get asked the question, or 
sometimes the assumption is, well, I can build this barn though for half the cost of a new home. Yes and no. Your traditional home with the garage, you're probably right around 4,000 square feet. Well, the same barn though is six to 7,000 square feet. Sure. And the price is still mm -hmm. about the same of what it would be for that. Yeah, so you, you, have to take, you just have to take it in, in, in context. Yep. So. What what do we need? What do they? What do we need to look out for? I mean, when you're going in, I mean, what should like a, a, a contract include as an example? So, if we use our our company for example, well, we we first out with the plans. You know, we get the plans defined. We send it out for bid, and while we're sending it out for bid, we'll actually sit down with our clients and go through the selection process. So we'll have them select countertops, cabinets, things of that nature. I think what what a lot of customers should be wary of is a contract on or a new home build on a on two pages mm -hmm. um, and laden full of allowances. Allowances kind of become the um, the the nasty <laughs> word in our business because allowances are basically um, certain items in the build that be, I'll use a perfect example. Your well, we don't know if you're drilling a well if your well needs to go down 120 feet or if it needs to go down 400 feet. Mm -hmm. So we're going to set an allowance at 120 feet, an average, and put that in the cost of your build. What I would be careful of is builders saying, oh, we put $2,000 in there for the well. Well, how did you arrive at that? Is that just a number you picked out of thin air? Mm -hmm. Or is there some sort of metrics that are connected to that? Um, so I would definitely make sure, A, that um, the contract is specific. Um, most builders will use the Wisconsin Builders Association um, typical contract, and I think the bank would see that a lot. Mm -hmm. It's a 17-page document. It's not there to protect the builder. It's not there just to protect the homeowner. It's kind of create that marriage between the two. So it talks about lien law. It talks about indoor air quality. Um, I would make sure that there is a, a warranty attached to the home. Usually, most builders will use the Metropolitan Builders Association model warranty, which outlines uh, what's warrant, what what the warranty covers, and then there'll be a list of construction standards that follow that. Okay. Um, and then in our business, we use a spec packet, and in our spec packet is about a 75-page document. It well, seems daunting, but it's important that all of your wants and wishes are specified in specifics. Mm -hmm. I would not want to see a contract that had vinyl siding, you know, X amount for allowances for fixtures for plumbing fixtures. Who knows if they're nothing against Menards, but mm -hmm. are they going to buy Tuscany fixtures out of Menards and they're giving you a $500 allowance for those sure. fixtures and it costs $8,000 for the fixtures? Because I, I'm not, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but once no, you approve somebody for a loan, it's kind of hard to come back and say, hey, by the way, I need $50,000. Well, and from a realistic standpoint, that becomes a bidding war. Okay, I went to this builder and he gave me X price. He went to this builder, gave me that price, but the allowances were unrealistic. You know, I mean, it's got to really fit what you're going to put in there. Right. Because living within an allowance is very difficult if it's kind of trimmed down just to get the job. Or if it's at a guess, right. And, and that's unfortunate for the end user. Mm -hmm. We would just much rather not get the job than and have allowances that were, you know, um, especially rural building, you have mound systems, wells, sure. electrical, things like that yep. that are that are different than if you're building like in a subdivision. Sure. 
We have a question. Uh, when will we know the final price of our home build? And what if what if this is a different than the budget or appraisal? I'm thinking that the question is probably if the budget is higher than the appraisal possibly. Well, from the bank's perspective, we take a look at um, the plans, the building contract, the land, sit, send that out to the appraiser and say, upon completion, what is this worth? And we work backwards off of that. We work at the end appraised value. Um, and if you need to tweak your contract accordingly afterwards, you do, but that we work off of the appraised value. Mm -hmm. But if, if the contract is higher than the appraised value, then that's going to be a, a, a homeowner's cost, correct? It's going to be a homeowner yep. cost. Yep. Okay. And when and when do you know the final cost, Chris? Um, so our costs are pretty much, like I said, when we build, our costs are pretty much set in stone other than the allowances. So what we'll do, and that's important to have that contract set up because you'll actually see within that WBA building contract, you'll see the Schedule A allowances, which are usually your site condition allowances, excavation, things of that nature, well, mount system. And then you'll have your Schedule B allowances, which is usually stuff on the inside. So if you haven't made your final selections on flooring, or if you haven't made your final countertop um, selection, because um, sometimes you need to have the contractor come out and actually measure mm -hmm. the tops once they're installed to know that final price. We'd like to say our allowances are aggressive enough to keep it um, that you're not always going over on your allowances, but we can't we can't just go to the bank and say, hey, you know, we're gonna throw an extra 10% of costs in the bill to, okay. to 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 cover you for incidentals. But typically, you know your your costs. But I will say it's a little bit of a challenge in our industry. Um, and I think that builders are trying to work with is, and I'll use the barn dominium as a perfect example. Mm -hmm. There's not a lot of comparables to a barn dominium out sure. in the open market. There's not a lot of comparables of a custom built home out on the open market because we're not reselling these on the open market. We're mm -hmm. building these. Yep. People are living in yep. them for 10 to 15 years and then they go and sell yeah, them. There's probably none on the, as far as comparables that have sold, are there? No. Yeah. No. So it, I think it, it has to be kind of, um, so, I think that's where from the from the building side, we always say, well, that's the market, right? Whatever we charge is the market, right? Well, banks say, well, I have to resell this if something were to happen. Um, so it becomes a challenge. But as far as the cost for the build and what it is, that's that part of it is stipulated in your contract. And that's why I would have anybody that's looking at building to really understand their contract. I would even argue it wouldn't be a bad thing if you do have an attorney, just review it with mm -hmm. your attorney so you feel comfortable, um, you know, making sure that what you're agreeing to is is what's there. But the less the less the amount of allowances you have, the less opportunity for things to be um, outside the box. That's why we try to hammer all those things out in the middle so that there's no gray area mm -hmm. um, and no confusion at the end. Okay, okay. We have another question, the general contractor fees have commonly been a percent of the project costs. With the extraordinary increase in material costs, have general contractors reduced their percentage so the burden of rising prices isn't further amplified? Um, I would say yes and no. Um, when you look at it, when we've had discussions with our vendors, especially when I'll use when, when plywood was going like skyrocketing, we had discussions with them to say, hey, we understand that your costs are going up, but you're not paying more um, at that time to move that product, you're not really, it's not in relation to what's going down the road, right? So if you were, were paying a truck driver, 
$18 an hour and the plywood was more expensive. You shouldn't, you shouldn't double your margin based off of that. So that, that difference was there. Unfortunately, what the challenge is with anybody with costs is it's hard for us to adjust our percentages because our percentages have gone up, you know, whether it's health insurance, whether it's workers comp, um, you know, some of our overhead costs have also gone up with inflationary measures. Our labor costs have gone up, you know, um, almost 13%. Um, and that's just that for our guys, you know, that are employees to stay ahead of inflation. So it's it's a little challenging when we talk about margins and, and, and straight costs of the build um, in duration to what a general contractor would charge um, because it's all relative, mm -hmm. so to speak. Um, so we, we've had to take some reductions in margin um, to cover certain things, but as an overall, our our percentages of what it costs to do business and what in relation to our cogs or cost of goods sold has stayed relatively co uh, consistent when it comes to looking at our operational costs. All right, all right. Uh, thanks for the questions. If there's any more, you can just put those right on there. But to kind of just wrap it up here a little bit, um, this can be a really daunting thing when you think about it, you know, when to build a house and to, I mean, it's a lot of money. Most of the time it's the most money anybody will spend on something like that, just to get, you know, kind of a clear steps that we go through. Number one would be to talk to your, to your lender, correct? And, and, and yep. just talk to, talk to them, talk to Mike, talk to him here at the at community state bank um, to, to really get a feeling for what they, what you qualify for, correct? Yeah, and just to get comfortable with the process. Yep. I mean, we want people to know the whole thing front to back so they are comfortable going in from our with the loan. That should be the smallest part of their concern. Yeah. And then after that, if I don't know what I want to do, Chris, if I want to buy an existing home or explore the idea of building, I mean, you seem like a fairly nice guy. Um <laughs> Is it? Uh, well, I appreciate that. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> Perception yeah. reality, Ben. So I guess I'm halfway there. Yeah. I mean, is it common for people to, you know, call you guys up and say, "I just want to explore this idea and and to see what it is"? Yeah. So we 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 are more than happy to sit down and you know have a discussion. Mm -hmm. um, candidly, uh, not to plug too many things, but we do real estate within our office as well too, because we've. Uh, Myself and Brian in our office are both real estate agents. So because we have to bridge that gap a lot, I think, mm -hmm. right? So somebody's looking at selling their home, looking at purchasing land to build. So that's a process in itself. I think sure. Mike, you even alluded to trying to roll everything all together. But we're always willing to sit down and seeing if we're a good fit, right? Mm -hmm. um, I wish to say that we could do all the projects and that we could stay on top of everything. But, you know, there's a there's a certain type of project that we're set up best to perform sure. and deliver to our clients. We'd love to do them all, but we mm -hmm. can't do them all. Um, so finding out if we're a good fit first is good. Mm -hmm. Anybody going to talk to five or six builders, picking up the phone and talking to them. If you have a good start with your conversation, then then you can start going down the next level of things because we can we can pretty quickly, if you sat down with us, like for instance, Scott, say, hey, I want to build a 2,500 square foot home. It's on this property. It's as far off the road we can kind of give you an idea of you know what that may cost sure and everybody always says what's your price per square foot mm -hmm. we don't build them per square foot so it's hard to say mm -hmm. you know what it is per square foot because it's kind of a creature of what you're filling the box with but at least let's start to have some dialogue of what this is is this a is this a three hundred thousand dollars project or is this a two million dollar project 
we can handle everything in between mm -hmm. um and um and and understanding with what your wants are is that going to align with yeah. what your costs are so so what's your cost per square foot <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Uh, sorry. I, I i knew i set myself up for that <laughs> Okay. It varies. Yeah. And in this market, it varies. I know. I know. Oh. There's there's a big variance. So okay. Well, we've we've done we've done like hundreds and hundreds of these. I know you guys have built a ton of houses. Um just ask the questions. I mean, seek advice to look at it and explore it. I mean, if you're if you're in the market of doing something, explore that. And and I and I'm guessing, Chris, that if they somebody comes to talks to you and it's just not a good fit, you probably will have recommendations for where they could find a good fit. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's it's been the transverse on our side of things. We've had other builders, you know, some people are away because it wasn't a good fit for them. And it's really in our area, we're very lucky to have really reputable building companies across the board. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I'm, I'm, we're a member of Racine Kenosha Builders Association, and there's a handful of builders in there that I would consider friends. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, we compete on different levels of building, but sure. um, we're in a really good area where I think if you talk to two or three builders, you wouldn't have to go much further beyond that because within talking to those two or three, you're going to find your fit and find who you feel comfortable with. Because uh, Mike alluded to that that is about a 12-month process. We would say, you know, the building process, I mean, the loan process, but that's from digging to going. Um, you know, if you're doing a custom home, that could be a, you know, from start to finish, that's a 12 to 24 month process oh, because of okay. the design and mm -hmm. all that stuff takes takes a substantial amount sure. of time and effort to, to, to accomplish that. Great. Well, um, okay, we have one more question here. Uh, is there a comprehensive written process for home building that involves the correct steps from banks, builders, and local municipalities? Ooh, um, general process steps can be put together, but I don't think that there's so many variables within each one that it couldn't go different tangents along the way. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if there's a way to catch everything. I would say if, uh, to interject, I would say, I would talk, if, if I were a new home, somebody that's looking to build a new home right now, I would talk to my lender and then I would also talk to the builder and create that relationship with both of them right away. Mm -hmm. Because your builders, your 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 banker is going to be the the way to fund that build, but your builder really ultimately becomes your advocate, your the person that drives the bus on the building of it from start to finish. So getting with them and getting, you know, a relationship with the bank and, and maybe even if you wanted to set up a sit down between the two, that would be to me that's the best way to do it because from start to finish we always we always have a saying here is start in control stay in control and in control and you you really need to um use your builder as your advocate throughout that process because they'll know what the town of dover needs or what the village of yorkville needs or what because there's a difference between a town ship a village and a city so there's there's a lot of different animals inside there yeah and that's all part of having a local builder is because they will know what the specific municipality differences and what their needs are what their timings are when the meetings are what you've got to be prepared for and the, your builder will take care of that that does not become the owner's obligation to do all of that absolutely so what you guys are saying is that maybe there's not an ex exact checklist because it's so it can vary so much but between the a, a good banker and a good builder that checklist is designed during the process mm -hmm. okay and every good builder should have they should be able to sit down with you i mean if mm -hmm. somebody came and talked to us 
we would tell them here's step A, B, C, D, and F. Okay. You know. Uh, another question: Are there any unique financing issues with the teardown? Say one more time. Are there any unique financing issues with the teardown? No, other than the demo should be part of your budget. Yep. So it's or got, or you're going to wipe it clean before we close. One of the two. Yeah. So we got those. There's got to be enough equity involved to uh, to tear up to buy a property, tear it down. Right. And, right. If it's a if it's a home that's going to be demoed, we look at that as a vacant home site mm -hmm. minus that cost of whatever the demo is going to be. Mm -hmm. You notice that a lot on lakefront building where there's an existing cottage there and that's you've got value you've got value in your land yeah, though too yeah yeah absolutely uh, another question perhaps i missed it but is there a general benchmark um per square foot we can assume or a standard home with a standard plan without many tweaks i have heard all types of estimates per square foot in a recent environment inflation it is a little scary to move forward I would say a, a good barometer, I would say, is probably right around that $250 a square foot. Okay. That's plus or minus, um, you know, your higher end custom homes, you're going to approach closer to $300 to $325 a square mm -hmm. foot. But those have elevators and things like that in it. Um, but I will say that if it's more of a budgetary item or a... Um, I shouldn't say budget because everybody has a budget. Millionaires have budgets, right? Mm -hmm. So you can have somebody that's going to spend $2 million. They still have a budget of $2 million. Sure. Um, it's in relation to what you're looking to get, right? So if if you're looking at more of an entry-level home, mm -hmm. I would say the model home type builder is going to be where you want to go to because they build more on volume mm -hmm. and they build more um of that same house and replicate it yep. right yep. so it's more of let's say manufactured but it's more of a, a a more streamlined process custom building is a little different because you're picking out different cabinets we use amish cabinet makers we mm -hmm. use you know different types of windows we'll use a wood window versus a vinyl window we'll, like i mentioned there's elevators in some of these mm -hmm. things it's in floor heat so now you're just opening a, a whole network of other things so i think for us saying that our home is a 250 to $300 per foot, it shouldn't scare somebody that wants to build more, maybe a model style home build that's going to be more in that $200 a square foot. Yeah, and yeah. It's, you, you just need to stay consistent. If you're building a 1,200 square foot ranch that many of us grew up in, you're not going to have granite tops and coal or fixtures. You're not. Mm -hmm. Just be consistent. If you're at this level, stay there, and so on 100%. and so forth, and that'll change your square foot. 100%. Okay. All right, another question here. Great questions today. If construction loans are usually 12 months, how does that work if building is actually taking 18 to 24 months? If so, if a project goes more than 12 months, first of all, we should know along the way that it's going to be, you know, what what what's causing the delays. But typically, we just extend those 90 days at a time. I mean, it's not the end of the world. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not ideal, but it's not the end of the world. Yeah, we did that quite a bit this last year just because of the supply chain issues, you know, where we would be extending them and taking them out. And... Builders were caught off guard. Mm -hmm. They just didn't know. You know, they had their normal steps in, in place, and all of a sudden it's a 16-week delay on something you wouldn't have thought would be an issue. Yeah, and I think we've we've done a good job at planning, too. So usually what we do within our business is we figure out when the – loan closing is mm -hmm. or one potentially could be and we backdate our schedule to that so when the loan closing happens we're digging that next day so that because 
your your time frame correct we do starts. the same thing in the other direction right we don't close construction loans january 15th when the dig won't be until march 31st sure. so we try and time it out as well and maximize our use of the 12 months yep cool. and 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 uh homes taking more than 12 months right now from dig to finish are going to be more your higher higher end okay. yeah, we don't see a lot of that I would yep. say your average home is a nine month build right okay. now from big to start, maybe yeah. 10 months. All right. Well, how do uh, how do you get a hold of you, Chris? Um, basically, I would say the best way to get a hold of us is just call our office. Mm -hmm. um, You're um, located in Union Grove, right? Yep, yep, we do. Yeah, we're located right in here, Union Grove, corner of Highway 45 and and C right over by the car dealerships there. Mm -hmm. uh, stop in and, and, and talk with Brian. Brian's our, our lead sales uh, manager. Um, and like I said, we don't just do new home construction. We do remodeling and post-frame construction as well. I, I really bill us more as a building company mm -hmm. than just your typical home builder. Great. So Bauer Design and Construction. So if you Google that, you get a yeah, phone number. BauerDesignandConstruction.com. We'll yep. get you to our website. Okay. You Google that, it'll pop up. B-O-W-E-R, not B-A-U-E-R. Okay. Some people... So you spell it. You spell it funny. Yeah, we do. Okay. We, <laughs> we, we were hoping to, to make it. My apparently that German side of things. Yeah. The guy that the guy that invented the ice skates and Bauer ice skates uh, wasn't aligned with Bauer like Bauer. <laughs> and to get a hold of uh, you, Mike, uh, I can be reached at our main office number, and I think they're going to post that up there, or I can yep. be reached direct. Um, and I believe all my contact info will be on the screen. Yep. Actually, if you're on our website, yeah. you probably can find me on there too. And Kurt, uh, Kim Terps also is uh, somebody else here. You're located like, over a little Kim bit. Kim is located here in Union, Union Grove, Grove. And, yeah. and then does a lot yeah. of the other branches as well. We split time, but can basically go anywhere. But we we cover all the branches. Yeah. CSB.bank. CSB.bank is our webpage, and in there you can uh, you can uh, maneuver into the into the mortgage lending area. So great questions today, everybody. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Mike, for joining us. Um, uh, if we have any more, I'm, we'll just direct them to your your way and your direction. But uh, it was really helpful. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening to CSB Broadcast. For more information about Community State Bank, visit us online at csb.bank. Community State Bank is a member FDIC and an equal housing lender.